Okay, I'm, I'm done because that was painful with this group. First John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So as I said, we've been talking about things behind the things and forgiveness and attitude and and religion so far. But here's what I'd say would be the thing behind the thing. See, when we're together on the weekend, we talk about these things. I hope that what you do is, oh, yeah, I could could, forgiveness. I see how that could really be impacting me on forgiveness or attitude. Yeah, I I do need to choose my attitude. We were laughing about that. Alice and I were driving somewhere this week, and we really had to carefully choose our attitude when somebody cut us off. We were just immediately like, oh, bless the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. No. So we get to choose our attitude. And then, you know, we talked about stone pots. And I think when we're on the weekend, we think, yeah, that's, I really need to work on that. And then we have intentions of, you know, doing, and then all of a sudden Monday happens. And life kind of hits us in the face again. And we got this Monday through Friday thing going on. And so... The thing behind the thing behind the thing is that we're involved in a process. And and we need to be aware of this process uh, in order to engage in um, this this life change that needs to happen over time. And so sort of understanding this process, I think, and what's going on behind it will really help us stay engaged during the uh, week as we press on in the Lord. So here's, here's where we'll go. So most of us in the room today have at some point realized that, that we needed Jesus in our life. And I, and I know there's some folks not here, and that's cool. I'm so glad you're here and be comfortable and be blessed and just kind of hang with us with what we're talking about. But, but a lot of people here have uh, said, you know what, Jesus, I need you in my life. And we've, you know, we've asked him to come in. And we, we, you know, we know that at that point we had our sins forgiven. And so that's a very cool thing. We also sort of got at that moment what we understood was that there's an eternity now promised to us over here that we're heading towards forever. And, and so we, we have this understanding of these things going on. Um, but we're in between those two things right now. And this process that I'm talking about has a uh, theological name, and that's sanctification. If you've come here for any length of time, you've heard me talk about it, sanctification. Those other two ends have names too that I always want you to know. Over here, when you first get saved, when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you're justified. Justification. Also the name of the horse that won this week. So uh, there you go. Um, that's a long day. I, I know people really get into it, but it's like six hours of TV for a one-hour, one-minute race. <laughs> but very cool. So justified. Justified means that, that um, God now chooses to see you in the perfection of His Son just as if you'd never sinned. It's such an amazing concept. That's your relationship with God now, justified. So we know that's happened. And uh, the other one on this end is, you know, eternity glorified. We're going to be glorified. Glorification that at some point we'll be with Him and everything will be made new and perfect. And we we look forward to that. But we're in this in-between area that's called sanctification. And this is the process that we have to engage in and understand so that we know what's taking place 
in this whole thing. And so this is, you know, sanctification is God working these things out in our life and how we cooperate and yield to the Holy Spirit to make that happen. Now, let's kind of go back into our scripture reading. And I just want to dig up a couple of verses in that. So the beginning, 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. And John is telling us something here that we need to understand, that that God's love, salvation, and all that's in God's love is His initiative towards us. He's the one that's made it happen. He made it happen in Christ uh, and available to us. This this whole thing is available to us because He initiated it. It's, It's His initiation, not ours. And so it's nothing we initiate. We need to understand that. So it's, it's God moving towards us. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. So, so John is making sure we understand that Paul is well. And then John goes on in the second half of verse 1 that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is it did not, does not know Him. So John is saying, look, this amazing love that the Father has for us, it's so amazing, He's given it to us, and He's made us part of His family. We are now in Christ, the sons and daughters of the Most High God. We have been taken out of the family of the world, and He's brought us into His family, the family of God. The family of the world doesn't know Him, and they do things differently, but now we're in the family of God, and that's an amazing thing for us to understand. We were chatting this week about families, Alice and I, and I had this memory. She says, you know, when you get married, you, you get more than a spouse, right? You get a whole nother family. And it's kind of interesting because families are different. And our families were different. So my family was small. When um, Just before I was born, my parents immigrated here from England. Um, they had my sister, who's a few years older than me already. They came over just like a year before I was born, and they moved to United States. So I was born here. But so, you know, as I grew up, my family unit was four. Uh, you know, that was us. That was it. We didn't have big extended family. We had some cousins in Canada we would see every now and again, but that was it. So holidays and all those things were us four. No more. Um, Alice's family was much bigger. So she had siblings and she had cousins and she had uncles and aunts. And every holiday and every celebration, they would all gather at her parents' house. It was a significant group. And so I can remember that being quite different for me when, I, when we started, you know, when we were together and I would go up there and we would go for some holidays. And we were laughing because I remember the first Thanksgiving that I went to up there. So there's this huge group of people, right? I'm used to four. Huge group of people all hanging around. They were having fun. But when it came time for dinner, um, they had set up plywood tables down in the basement. Now, it wasn't a finished basement either. It was just your average basement, right? And, and I have to tell you, and they were all having fun and everything, and it was cool. I never ate before in a basement. <laughs> we ate in a dining room. That's where you ate. But they ate in the basement because they could all get together. And I was, we were kind of teasing about that. And she goes, oh, that make us sound weird. She, then said, she honestly said this. If the weather was nice outside, we'd eat in the garage. <laughs> Much better. Everybody eats in the garage. I totally understand. And then I remember being up there in the summer, and sure enough, they'd set the same tables up up in the garage. And I remember thinking, well, okay, never eat in a garage either. But that, so it's just different, right? Well, well, so we were once in the, before Christ, we were in the family. Now we're in the family of God, and things are different in, in a really cool way. But we need to understand that's happening in our lives. First two, let's keep going. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. 
But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. So you need to see John is introducing us this idea of this sort of in-between spot that we're in. All right? So we're now children of God, and when he appears, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not there all the way yet. That's kind of happening in process. We're in process, but we'll, we'll be like him because we're going to see him as he is. And so that's a big deal. We're in this in-between situation, this process of life. And we need to talk about that. So we're going to talk about it for the next few weeks. But let me give you a, a term for it. Point number one in your notes. This, this is about the now and the not yet. The now and the not yet. And you have to understand this idea in, really, in order to understand Scripture. Because if you don't have this at some level, you have a tendency to misinterpret Scripture. Because you're going to go to one extreme or the other all the time. Um, so here's what's going on. We live in this present age, and the age to come is going to happen when Jesus comes back. And now I want you to start looking for it. If you've never seen it before, when you read the New Testament, you will see it referenced to this age and the age to come. It happens quite a bit. And, and so this, this present age, you know, the enemy's broken it. It's a big mess. But when Jesus returns, everything is going to get set straight. The age to come will happen. And we live in between these two ages. Um, now, the cool thing is, is that the age to come has already broken into this present age at the cross. So we know that God can do that because He's come and when He came to the cross, He broke into this present age. He rescued us, it says, from this present age. But until He comes back, we're still in this spot where everything isn't completely back together yet. We're, we're in between these two ages. We're living in a tension. And tension like that is very common in the Bible and yet we're not really good with tension. Culturally, we don't like tension. We want it either this or that. We don't like the fact that it's kind of more than that. For, for example, um, in the Bible, uh, the, the Bible, uh, in uh, church history, when you read about church history, big argument that happened in the beginning was one group popped up and they said, well, that Jesus wasn't really God at all. He was just a man. He was kind of like God, but just a man. And then there was another group that said, uh, well, Jesus, you know, um, he, he was God, but he wasn't man at all. He was just kind of a spirit that we could sort of see, but he wasn't really there. And the Apostle John has to say, neither one of those are right. If you read 1 John 1, we could feel him. We, we saw him. We knew that he was here. See, the Bible says that he was fully God and fully man. And the Bible's good with that because they, the Bible handles tension like that. We don't, but we need to know that that's the case. Another case. So sometimes people get, well, was, was the Bible written by God or was it written by man? Yes. authored, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by the people he inspired it to be written by, but both. And both is okay. It's a tension. And the Bible's filled with tension. See, if, you're, if you can't grasp tension, what happens is you go extreme. So like some people um, believe that, that none of the promises that are in the Bible happen at all now. They're all for the sweet by and by. There's lots of people like that. Oh, no, the sweet by and by. Now it's just bleh. But in the sweet by and by, and then and that's an extreme. And then other folks are like, um, no, no, everything happening now, everything, you have access to absolutely everything right now, you don't have to wait for anything. That's an extreme. The, the reality is we, we live in a tension. 
And because we know that the, the power of God has broken into this present age, He can and will. So we pray for miracles and we pray for healing and we, we pray and believe that God is operating in our lives. But we understand at the same time that it's not fully yet. Until Jesus comes back, there's still situations that we're going to have to deal with. We live in attention. And as long as you can kind of hang on to that, then all of this stuff begins to make some sense in your life. So we hang on to it, and we know that we're living in attention, and that that's okay. We're God's children now, and, and what we will be, we're, you know, we're not going to have happen until Jesus comes back in that process. We're in a transition. You remember when Jesus prayed the Lord's Prayer, and he, he taught His disciples, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And you think, well, that's an interesting prayer. What that's about? Well, remember, we talked about creation, and I said that creation, um, you know, the heavens and the earth were created, and, and there was an existence in, in, in between them. And so God was with, you know, Adam and Eve, and they could hang out and they could be together. Everything was good. And then we know what happened. Sin enters the world, and it blows that apart. Remember? And now there's this big gap. Um, but because of what Jesus has done, we know that when He comes back, heaven and earth are going to be reintegrated, if you would. If you read Revelation 21, you, you see it says, you know, I see a new heaven and a new earth. And it's very cool, too, if you, if you don't catch this. We have this idea of us all kind of flying off to heaven. But, but it says, and I saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And so there's this reintegration that happens when things are put back the way they were. But until that happens, we're in tension. But it has broken in now, so we're not waiting for everything. We get some of it right now. Listen to this verse. This is a, this is a great verse. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Listen to what Paul says. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So when, when you got saved, when you got justified here, the, ne- the thing that happens is the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. And what Paul says is he's a deposit... Of, of what's to come when you're glorified, the, the deposit of your inheritance. Now that is a significant deposit. Don't get me wrong. This is an amazing deposit on something, but fully it's not going to happen until he comes back. But you've got part of it already. So, so you need to live in that tension. The Holy Spirit's in you, and, and so he's moving you in that direction, and, and, and so we're in this process. Because sanctification is really all of us just yielding to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives to be changing us as he continues to work in us. So we don't have the fullness of everything yet, but we've got a tremendous deposit moving us in that direction. Secondly, and this is important, the promises of the not yet are the foundation for living in the now. Because the Holy Spirit now, this deposit guaranteeing, because our future is guaranteed, it changes the way that we live now significantly. Here's, here's an example. So it's graduation season. Um, right now. I, I know because I'm getting cards in the mail. And, and, uh, tell, and I, that's cool. Congratulations if you're graduating. So let's for a moment, just, just for the sake of the story, let's pretend we're all graduating and we're all getting ready to go to college. All right? And you have a college that you want to go to. It's your favorite college. I'm not going to name a college because then everybody is... It's probably that you, the Nebraska thing that the guys are back here. So anyway, we're going to that one. Uh, you have a college. So what you do is you apply to a college. Now, at some point, hopefully, you get a letter of acceptance, right? When you've got that letter of acceptance, you really got something. You've got a letter of acceptance to that college, 
And, and so you have this guarantee of something that's going to happen a few months from now. It's not going to happen till August. You're not actually going to go till August, but you have the letter. So what do you start to do? Well, you start to live differently now. Because of that letter, you start buying the t-shirts and the sweatshirts and the luggage and the bookmarks and all the things because you know that that's where you're headed and it's changing you right now. It's impacting you now. Well, it's the same thing for us because we know our future is guaranteed. It begins to impact the way that we're living now and it begins to change us in that manner. Verse 2 and 3, Dear friends... John said, now we're children of God. What we will be is not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we'll see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. See, when you catch what's going on there about what's happened, children now, not, not all the way yet, but in process, and we're hoping in him, because of this hope, we're being purified. Let me say it this way. So it's no longer, it's never been about performance, but what it is about is preparation and purification. But he's doing that. He's preparing us. He's purifying us. We're just yielding to it. We're not working for it. We're not trying to earn it because it's already guaranteed. We've already got this out here. And so we're yielding to the Holy Spirit and he's doing this in us. He's preparing us. He's purifying us for when we're going to go and and, and meet dad. Uh, you know, all those things are happening in, in forever and ever. So th- what we have to do third, we have to embrace the tension. See, you, you just have to get that you're not going to get one side or the other. You're going to live in a tension. And when you do, you, you begin to experience life. And, and you begin, it helps you actually to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Um, and, and just knowing that you live between the, the two ages in this tension is an assurance that you're a child of God. You're part of the family of God. You, you get it. So the tension is a really good thing. Why, why would you want to get rid of it when we understand, oh, that's a good thing that I live in that tension. Children now. The, the God is giving us victories now so that we have a powerful testimony about who He is and what He does. But the complete victory happens when Jesus comes back. And that's going to happen. I said most of that to say this. See, when we talk about dealing with unforgiveness, when we talk about our unforgiveness, when we talk about dealing with our, um, you know, ability to choose our attitudes, when we, when we talk about, you know, the stone pots we, we carry around, I think that sometimes on a weekend you think that I'm, I'm telling you that you have to do these things and, and you take them that way. Well, these are just more things that I have to do. But what I want you to know is I, I'm not telling you to do anything. What, what I'm exhorting you to do is to live in the light of your future. To, to, to live in, in, in the light of the promises that we have. And so what we're doing then is just yielding to the Spirit and living to the conviction of, of what that means for us. Philippians 1.6, Paul said, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That we, we sort of understand, well, he's doing this work in me. And, and I'm just yielding to it. And, and it's a preparation process. It's a purification process, but it's not performance on my end at all. He's going to do it because he said he would. So, last statement, last thought. And, and write, I hope you'll write this one down. I want you to think about this this week. So, so write this down. See, the Bible talks about, honestly, all sorts of things that we're supposed to be doing. But here's the thing. We're not doing them to guarantee our future. We're doing them 
because our future is guaranteed. And there's so much freedom in that if you'll let that sink in. Because it will take from you that horrible performance thing where we're trying to earn something that you've already got and will just move you into a spot where you're just yielding to the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to do these changes in you. We're not doing anything to guarantee our future. We're doing things. We're changing because our future is guaranteed. So, so let the promises of the not yet impact you in the now in, in, a, in a very real way. And I think that understanding then helps us to live this stuff out all week long. So think about that. I'm going to talk more about this over the next few weeks. I got some other angles I want to come at it from. So that's where we're headed. But that's enough for now. And uh, ministry team over here, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over that wall are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, make sure you get it. Let me pray for you as a group. We'll have lunch and dismiss. I think there's Chinese food for lunch today. So, Papa, thank you for your goodness to us and your love for us. You're such an awesome God. And thank you that our our future is guaranteed in you. And, and, And because of that, we can just yield to the Holy Spirit knowing that He's at work in us and that we're not earning anything. We're just being prepared, purified. And, and Lord, let that impact us in such a way that it impacts the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. And ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome God. If you need prayer for anything, we'll make sure you get it. The the folks over there will pray for you for healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that today too. It's, It's humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us you've sinned. Asking Him to forgive you, which you'll do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a simple prayer like that, do it today. Best decision you will ever make. And if you need help, just ask somebody. Just say, I want to know Jesus. I don't know what you mean. They'll help you through that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or anything, go and get it. If you're going to stay and have lunch with us, Lord, thank you for the food you provided today. Bless that. Everybody makes it possible. You're such an amazing God. Praise God from whom all blessings. bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is over there. 
Lunch will be in the back. As you go, drive safely. Let your gentleness be evident to all in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye.